Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Coffee with Craig. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us as we talk about firearms, firearms policy, culture, politics, movies, you name it, all relating to the Second Amendment and firearms. Please take a moment to like and share this video or this podcast, if uh, if that's how you're joining us, uh, so that your friends can join in the conversation as it's happening. Very much appreciate you guys doing that. Also, please remember fpcgear.com, fpcgear.com. Very cool t-shirts. Uh, gun rights, because I have a cop in my pocket. Uh, the Gadsden flag. Uh, all rights all the time. We have t-shirts. We have hoodies. We have uh, coffee mugs. All with very cool stuff supporting the Second Amendment, uh, as well as our code is free speech, uh, supporting the First Amendment as it relates to the Second Amendment. But just know that every dollar that you spend there goes right back into the fight uh, for our right to keep and bear arms so you can support the Second Amendment and look good doing it. That's fpcgear.com. Moving right along into today's topic. So a lot of people out there, in particular on the, on the anti-gun side, seem to really make this thing, they, they use this term called the gun industry, right? Like uh, like the NRA or Firearms Policy Coalition or Gun Owners of America. Like we are organizations that uh, are part of this multi-billion dollar industry that we, that, that we derive our advocacy, that all of the advocacy that you say, see taking place, whether it's uh, in electoral politics, whether it's in state legislatures or in Washington, D.C., or even at the local level, that all of this activism is driven by corporate greed, that, uh, that corporations, that massive uh, gun manufacturers are the ones who are driving all of this so that they can go and they can sell their wares. Well, the truth, to be quite honest, is is anything but. And so I came across a piece at the National Review that I, I really was impressed with, and I wanted to make sure you guys had a chance to read it as well. And it's dealing with the idea that, uh, that gun manufacturers are not the ones who, in particular, who are blocking gun control. And when I say that people are, this is their perspective, um, I'll, I'll just give you a great example. You just had, uh, you just had a bunch of youth march 50 miles uh, in in Massachusetts, they marched on Smith and Wesson uh, because they wanted to end gun control, and they demanded, they demanded, uh, David Hogg demanded that Smith and Wesson invest five million dollars into, uh, into, well, he says gun safety, but he actually demanded that they invest five five million dollars into supporting anti-gun causes. But here, here's a brief example of of what I talk about when I'm talking about these morons and their belief when it comes to gun gun manufacturers. was done, after the first march was done, after the walkouts were over, that the country knew that young people weren't going anywhere. Well, we can't even get a vote. We can't even get a debate and a vote on expanding background checks. We can't get a debate or a vote on banning bump stocks or assault weapons. We have a record high level of gun violence in this country. Uh, where people are being killed every day, every hour, every minute. Um, it's insane. And we have massacres that occur on a regular basis. We're not asking people to take away anybody's 
rights at all. You're asking for common sense solutions that allows people to practice their Second Amendment rights and respects the right to live in a country that says that we are such a great place. We need to start practicing that, realizing that we have a gun violence problem and it can be solved. Okay, so as you can see, their their whole push and this whole march is all about going after the firearms manufacturers. But what they fail to realize is that firearm manufacturers, they first of all, they have their organization. It's called the National Shooting Sports Foundation. It's a it's a national organization that largely deals with firearm manufacturers. Uh, it is a group that uh, you know that that is spends a lot of time, energy, and effort advocating on behalf of firearm manufacturers and, and the Second Amendment, mind you. I, 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 don't want, I, don't, I never want to uh, not have you believe that. But understand this. Just like with every other industry, there are times in which the interests of the manufacturer or the, the industry diverge from the interests of their customers. I, I'll give you a great example. Here in the state of California, uh, we have now it's required that uh, you can no longer just get a free plastic bag with your groceries. Now, interestingly, what wound up happening was initially when they tried to ban these, they, they banned these bags, uh, the industry stood up and they said, nope, we're going to put something on the ballot in order to ban these bags, in order to ban these bags. Well, then they worked out a deal, Right. Or not in order to ban the bags, but in order to kill the legislation so that they would be able to give away the, the plastic bags. But then they cut a deal. And the deal was this, was that even though they couldn't just give plastic bags away, they could sell them. More durable bags, not just, you know, single-use bags. But if they're a little bit more durable, we can, they could, in fact, sell them, Right. So then the grocery manufacturers actually then turned around and supported the idea, except that they kept the, they kept the initiative on the ballot uh, because they wanted to, well, they needed about 18 months to be able to retool all of their machines so that they could go from making the, the cheap plastic bags to making the more durable plastic bags that would allow them to be able to sell them. But here's a case where the grocery store industry, the retail industry, sold out their customers. Why? Because now they can make money off of this particular policy. And firearm manufacturers, and then once again, when I say this, this is a generalization. I'm not talking about all of them because I know I can, I can already see it in the, in the comments. Well, this firearms manufacturer does this, and this one does this. The fact is, is that some of them, there are some great ones, and there are some that, you know, are, they're in it for the profit. And I'm, I ain't mad at them. That's their job. They're, they're in it for the profit. Many of them, when they do support Second Amendment causes, they do so because, well, it, it, it's good PR. But in the end, they're always going to make sure, they're going to largely make sure that they protect their bottom line. A uh, great example State of California, we have this thing called the Not Unsafe Handgun Roster, where a manufacturer is required every every year to put in pay two hundred dollars in order to have the firearms that they the handguns that they have on the California roster to have them remain on the roster. If they don't pay the fee, they come off the roster, and therefore they cannot be sold in retail stores here in the state of California. Well, so if you have a manufacturer who has firearms that are in compliance. Uh, they have a newer model, and they want you to buy the newer model instead of the older model. Well, guess what? They have an incentive to not 
to not pay the fee. Why? Because they can get you to buy the newer one. Because the, the older one's not going to be available for sale in stores. And that's kind of how that process works. Now, once again, I'm not here to tell you that, uh, that, that all of them or even most of them are bad. But I'm saying that most of the, the energy and the effort and the resources that go into organizations like ours are individuals. What they fail to understand is that the NRA, yeah, they receive some corporate donations, but the, the overwhelming bulk of their money comes from memberships and donations from you, from people contributing $10, dollars $100. That's where the majority, that's the overwhelming majority, the largest bulk of that money of the resources that they have comes from. Same thing here at the Firearms Policy Coalition. We don't have any big mega donors. We survive and we exist and we do what we do because of you. So what they don't realize is they're not fighting an industry. This is not an industry we're talking about. This is a culture, a culture of people who believe in the fundamental right to defend oneself and are willing to stand up in, in, in the way in which they can in order to make that happen. What they don't understand is the NRA or the Farms Policy Coalition, it's not some big company corporate lobbyist in Washington, D.C. or in Sacramento, California. It's their neighbor. It's their dentist. It's their garbage man. It's their auto mechanic. That's who, that's who is the gun rights movement. That they, we are the gun lobby. Right. I, you know, I'm blessed to be able to go and speak to policymakers and make my voice heard. Right. I'm, I'm blessed and I'm blessed that I get paid to do that. But I know that there are many of you out there who would love to do exactly what I'm doing. But how do you get paid for it? I get to be here as a surrogate for you. Right. And that's the thing, is that I, I don't represent, that's a great thing, I don't represent some big corporation or big corporate board. I represent, I represent the people out there that are turning wrenches, that are washing dishes, that are uh, hammering nails, uh, that are, are, are doing the things that are working everyday people, people who want nothing more than to be able to exercise their right. So this myth that it's the gun industry that's blocking or the gun manufacturers that are blocking gun control? Uh, no, it's not. It's us, the collective us, all of us. We are the gun lobby. And we have to continue to remember that. And we have to continue to remind our politicians of that, in particular those on the anti-gun side. Because, see, for them, it's easy to blame a corporation. What they don't realize is, in many of their cases, thousands of their constituents, yeah, they're the gun lobby. And those of you who reside in areas where, that are represented by these anti-gun zealots, you need to remind them. I know it's probably going to fall on deaf ears, but here's the thing. If enough people speak out, if enough people who they represent say something, all of a sudden, it's amazing how the deaf all of a sudden can hear. But if they don't hear from you, then they assume you don't exist. So be the gun lobby. I'll just leave it with that. Anyway, folks, that's going to be it for today's Coffee with Craig. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for liking and sharing this program, telling your friends about the Firearms Policy Coalition. We are the home in the fight for civil rights. Got to use them or you're going to lose them. You guys take care.